When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This time on Those Conspiracy Guys, we cover one of the weirder but most visible conspiracies of modern times, the Denver International Airport. The strange tales and sinister rumours surrounding the DIA started as soon as the world's second largest airport opened in 1995. Due in no small part to the vivid artwork throughout the airport's 53 square mile campus. From the war and genocide themed murals to the red-eyed, blue-veined, 30-foot high Mustang that greets visitors, there's Masonic iconography of gold engravings and Gothic gargoyles, and at one time, a 20-foot-tall statue of the Egyptian god Anubis. But it's the now infamous capstone from the Freemasons of Colorado that has fevered conspiracy theorists. Housing a time capsule to be opened in 2094, it name-checks the New World Airport Commission, but no such group exists on record. Finally, the conspiracies talk of a massive deep underground military base, constructed underneath the airport, explaining the numerous plan changes, long delays in completion, huge amounts of earth evacuated and the wildly ballooning budget. A base that will be a hub for a new world order and will be used as a staging ground for their global domination agenda. Could the airport and a secret underground base be hiding a sinister true purpose? Could it be a key facility for a new world order or black government site? Was the airport built on an ancient Indian burial ground? Could the artwork be alluded clues to all of this and more? Find out now with those conspiracy guys. It's the Denver International Airport. The Denver International Airport. Uh, this is a pretty uh, well-known one in the conspiracy circles. This one's yeah. up there with uh, a lot of the big, more recent kind of uh, conspiracy issues. It's one of the ones that's more updated than, say, like 9-11. Yeah. There's new material coming out about it all the time. Or, mm-hmm. I was there. I I touched the horse's balls. Yeah. Or something like the that. The horse is still there. And, like, uh, one of the ones that seemingly, out of not too much evidence, has grown legs and really become quite a large conspiracy and involved quite a lot of theories. Yeah, uh, in looking up the Denver International Airport conspiracy for this show, there's not really a whole lot of concrete evidence, no. but there's an awful lot of speculatory YouTube videos and you know really tenuous 
yeah articles written about it's like, speculative that's, that's, a, that's yeah, the perfect word for it. speculative if you look at a lot of this information online a lot of the videos will be thrown up about Denver Airport you'll see that there's a lot of information thrown at you but it's all completely baseless and you're watching to the end of the video expecting something to come up to, to corroborate something that was said that's not to say that there's nothing happening yeah that's not to say it's not a weird place I mean, we're not getting off the fence straight away at the start like, yeah it didn't come bullshit, from nothing but it, it you know if it walks like a duck yeah We'll eat so, that duck. <laughs> we will, will. With, some, with some crispy pancakes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Paul, it's, 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 one of the weirder, it's one of the weirder conspiracies we're going to talk about, and it's a bit reaching. Yeah. And I'm glad to be talking about Lando's conspiracy, guys. It's one of the wilder ones. It's, but, when I first heard about it, when I first looked in it, yeah. it was incredibly wild. It, it, the theories went all the way to, this is the staging ground yeah. of the coming New World Order's apocalyptic agenda of changing the way the world works and taking over and creating a slave planet. Yeah. Like, it was almost legitimizing the New World Order, putting a, putting a, a tangible base of operations yeah. to this ineffable, unprovable entity of the NWO. Like, there's guys that are still hanging on to that George W. Bush, George H.W. Bush, excuse me, quote mm. of like, we want to see... A new world order. Mm. You know that really weird like yeah, 90s you know, clip? Yeah, 1991 I believe it was. Do you yeah. know what date that was he gave that speech? September 11th. It was September 11th. Yeah, and it was a really poignantly dated announcement. Yeah. Do you know, tw- tw- 10 years to the day yeah. and there'll be some new so world order. He and his, his cronies and cohorts were working towards that yeah. new world order. And we're happy to tell you. I'm going to your give face. you 10 years and we're going to make some strides. But it was like, you know, blown up on every yeah. internet, you know, conspiracy theory website or whatever. Since then, anything that's talking about the New World Order has George Bush saying the words New World Order. Mm. I mean... And 10 years to the day, those towers fell. There really wasn't an explosive move forward into the New World Order. Yeah. But is, is what is the New World Order? Nobody knows what it is. But now that I have Denver International Airport to point at and go, we really don't know what's in there. It's really fucking weird looking from the outside. Uh, do you know what Denver International Airport is to me? It's a conspiracy wedding cake. Right? Mm-hmm. If anyone's ever been to a wedding, you see the cake. You're looking at it. Lovely icing. You know, a bit of decoration or whatever. You're waiting for your one to cut a slice off it because you're like, just a little bit of cake with this coffee. And uh, you don't know what's inside it. Could be sponge. Could be biscuit. Could be chocolate. Could be, you know, some weird like red velvet. But you don't know until you actually have it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. That's what Denver Airport is. Yeah. From the outside, it looks like a lovely, lovely, you know, contemporary design. And it's got like millions of people going through it every year. Planes flying in, planes flying out. People going on holidays. People, you know, traveling for business. It's a fucking airport, lads. Yeah, it's an airport. That's what they do. It's a fucking airport. Mm-hmm. But... It's the weirdest airport in the world. Yeah, the people who want to put a face and a, and a location, a, 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 a postal address on the New World Order, are saying, Denver International Airport, kids, that's where yeah. it's all happening. There's some shit going on there. <laughs> and the more I was looking it up, the more maddest shit that I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, lads going, I think, blah, and just shitting into their keyboards. Mm. Going like, this is a thing, 
and you can't say it's not a thing. Yeah, and it's been could... proved by a thing on a wall that I'm interpreting my way. Yeah, it's it's artistic interpretation, basically, or some whoever has the best imagination wins conspiracy yeah. monopoly or whatever. Like you well, know? that game that uh, where you, it was the word, and then Sandy Toxvig, that that angry lesbian, would oh, have to yeah. guess what the word meant. But call my bluff. Call my bluff. It's conspiracy, my bluff. No, yeah. call my conspiracy. conspiracy There's no catchy. You have to have bluff in it. You have the word bluff somewhere. Call. My bluff. Conspirator bluff. Conspirators. Con- Call my conspirator bluff. It's not Ken- Nobody roll off to Sandy Fox, but can't say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she'd be all like, well, I can't do a visual gag in a podcast, I suppose. No. But, yeah. but I can see what you're doing, and that's very toxic. Yeah, yeah, very shoulders up around the ears. <laughs> bad, bad posture, Sandy. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, she was the female version of uh, Clive Anderson. Just she really was, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Am I? Am I? Am I not? I don't know. So Denver International Airport is... A wedding cake. You don't know what's mm. inside of it. But the people who are shitting stuff into their keyboards and saying it's this, it's that, definitively can't be correct. But it's a really nice one to ruminate on. Mm. But our those conspiracy guys motto is question your sources. Mm-hmm. And for this, the sources that you will find on the internet about this <laughs> are all tenuous and made yeah. up and artistically well it's one of those where I mean it's not completely baseless the sources are yeah. the, the source material that comes from inside the airport and outside the airport it's fucking weird the information shit. about the building of the airport and things like that it, it, there's some weird things there's yeah. some really questionable things going on but the leap you got to make to make it mean something uh, apocalyptic is quite a leap pretty, pretty big yeah. leap same one Indiana Jones made in the Temple of Doom. <laughs> it's a big old leap. The penitent man. <laughs> Only the penitent man shall pass. But, uh, so like, let's take us through some of the, the facts then of Denver International Airport. Well, let's start at the beginning. The, the very beginning starts in kind of 1980 to 1983 period when this idea of building a new airport in Denver, Colorado is gestating. So there was an airport in Denver, yeah. A staple in the international airport they already had. For perfectly functional. Perfectly functional. Five, six miles outside the city centre. Too uh, close, maybe. That, that's another thing local businesses and people would say it was too close there were planes flying overhead um, it, it wasn't a handy commuter hub that close to the city it's possible it's true oh, yeah. I, I could imagine anyway that was one of the excuses maybe excuse is not the right word yeah one but for a city with a, with a fully functioning yeah. airport that doesn't seem to have any particular problems they were then, just like it's too close and it's too noisy and let's move it out yeah. you know and it's better to spend a couple of billion building a new airport than it is to Keep deal going with the to deal yeah. with this situation. Uh, so uh, eventually, through the eighties, the plans come together. The funding comes together from the federal government, from local authorities. Serious funding, serious absolute funding. Yeah, and uh, the plan gets set in place. Uh, the the plan is to have the the entire airport open up, functional, and running by October nineteen ninety three. So in in eight years, they've come up with. A couple of billion dollars to put this thing of funding. Together. Yeah, they've they've, they've 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 lobbied in Washington. They've got the money together for this. That's serious, serious cash, man. Yeah, serious work. And and you know, I mean, you've got a city that I've never been to Denver myself, but I would Neither imagine I. one of kind of a growing metropolis, international yeah. hub of a city. And they thought, why not get a massive international airport in here? Why not build? the second biggest airport in the world. <laughs> Where would you need that? I mean, the, possibly the second busiest and most exciting city in the world. No, no. Denver, color. No, no just... No? Uh, oh. Just Denver. Just Denver. Just simple old Denver. Simple. I think geographically, maybe because it's like in the center of America, pretty much, yeah. that it's, it's, it's used as a, a, a dropping off hub. 
Do you know, like a, a it is, uh, yeah. If you, switch flights, and you know, if you're I suggest you go on yeah. right now and try and look for any kind of Delta Air fl- airline flights to anywhere in the world, and you'll find that you're probably switching either in, in Hartfield in Connecticut or you're switching in Denver International Airport. Yeah, and you have a layover there. Um, that's what Atlanta. It is. Atlanta Airport is also a very popular switching over airport, but they have all these. Uh, <laughs> did you see all these deals they have now? Where, you know, people are saying like, be able to fudge your plane, uh, your plane fares by booking like two airports ahead of where you actually want to go so if you want to fly to denver you put in like chicago and then you just don't get on the flight that goes from denver to chicago just get but off it's of denver. cheaper to and it's cheaper to do that than to get a direct flight to denver because they're like you know they'll only charge it for the first half of the flight or whatever yeah it's really really weird way yeah, it's it. it's so denver is, has like that centralized geographical location mm. and it's real handy for everybody to get into so how many people go through Denver every year then you're looking at somewhere around the 50 million mark plus that is a that yeah. is a serious amount of people the last figures we looked at were 2013 and yeah. it was 53 plus million people so 53 million so like a, a, an eighth of the population of America yeah went through this airport like went through the security the biometric checks and the x-rays and facial, and facial scan so they have like in eight years they could potentially scan everybody in America Every person who wants to yeah. travel, not obviously the massively obese ones that can't, yeah, or the non-passport holding, uh, yeah, 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 deep south, deep southers. But uh, I don't think you have to have a passport to. Oh, not internal flights, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd all be switching internally. And I mean, you know, you get those two for one seat deals for the fat people. And yeah, and then it's a question of how do you get people to Colorado? You legalize marijuana. Boom. And suddenly you're getting a lot more visitors than you would have used. Yeah, to. you are. And then people are like going, "I like it around here. There's a lot of cake. It'd be scary to walk through that airport if you were stoned, wouldn't it?" It would be terrifying. I'd imagine there's a few medical marijuana people that are just like blazing the last of their stuff before they go through uh, the security point. And then they have, to, they have to walk past those murals. They have to walk past uh, the, the, the gargoyles. I'd, yeah, I'd say the weird art. I saw a picture online when I was researching for this. And uh, I saw the other way when you're going up to the airport terminal or you're coming up to the, the security check and people have to throw away their bottles of water that they haven't bought in duty free. Yeah. Because it's like, it could Can't be have outside petrol, water. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. But, it could be uh, a shoe bomb. It was really funny that it had a bin, like a, just a plastic shopping bag bin, and it had like bottles of water, bottles of water, and like three or four different bags of weed. Because <laughs> apparently you're not allowed to like take weed out of Colorado into another place, but uh, you're but allowed to have it in the airport. Yeah. yeah. So the lads are all like, oh, fuck it. Why would you throw a bag of weed away when you're about to get on? Just eat the fucking eat thing. Eat the thing. Just eat it. Yeah. Have get the greatest it. flight you ever yeah, had. Get a slice of carrot, get two slices of carrot cake, put the weed in between it, and eat it like a sandwich. That sounds delicious. Yeah, the ice and help wash it down. So, fifty-three million people every year, Paul, go through Denver. So that's in eight in eight years they can biometrically scan everybody. Mm-hmm. Essentially, this is, a, this is a big airport we're talking about, and this isn't like fifty-three million people wouldn't be taking this airport to capacity. You're talking about an airport that has over six million square feet of public space. That's just, of just public areas. That's a phenomenal amount. It's how, a huge airport. It's the big, second biggest airport in the world after Saudi Arabia, which has the biggest airport. How big is the footprint? It's 53 square miles or 34,000 acres. Or if we have any Canadians listening, uh, 137.27 square kilometers. That's a serious size. like. That's a big airport. Yeah, and it was built, uh, designed for expansion as well. It's uh, It's got areas where it can be made bigger if, if needs be. The campus itself, it isn't covering the entire campus. 53 square miles. Is there anything that we have that's like comparable to that so we can make, it, make a comparison to the audience? Uh... Yeah, there's a 53 square mile farm down in uh, in Wicklow. 
Have you been there? No. No? Avondale Farms? No? As far as the eye can, I can see. <laughs> no, I can't think of anything. There's nothing in Ireland that big. Yeah. That no single structure anyway. And most of that is just like ground nothing is on. Yeah. There's like a few runways and whatever that are around the place. And then the rest of it is just like... And that's that's actually one of the, the, the major conspiracy sticking points. And one of the major flags is that the airport is set to look like a giant swastika from the air. <laughs> with the with the runways yeah. arranged in a have you seen the overhead picture of a Buddhist Denver airport? Symbol. It's uh, we'll be putting this on the website. If you if you look closely at the overhead picture of the Denver of the Denver International Airport, what you'll notice is that it doesn't look like a swastika. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a swastika, but like, only if you add loads of extra lines that are yeah, runways to make it not like look like a swastika. It's ergonomically designed so the planes won't crash into each other. Yeah, it looks like it's designed that the runways are pointing in four different directions. But yeah. If I was designing an airport, I'd probably have the runways pointing in four different directions so I yeah. can land four planes. Or all the same direction, not like crisscross like that stupid iPhone game where you have to make sure all the planes don't crash. Yeah, that like airport no exist. never exist. Yeah, well, it, if it does exist, you know, there's never more than 40 planes land on it yeah, in a day ever. because somebody fucks up. Somebody's pushing tin the wrong way and they end up fucking yeah. killing a lot of people. This is a know? huge amount of square feet for this airport to have. Like, like massive. It's an incredible amount. And you would think that would then bear out to the amount of traffic in terms of passengers and, and aircraft that it gets. It doesn't though. No. It's the, what did you say? It was the sixth busiest. It's in, the sixth busiest airport in the US. In the US. It's by far, by, by a long way, the largest physical airport in the US. But only the sixth busiest for the amount of passenger traffic. In the world, it's, it's the second biggest airport in the world. But only the eleventh busiest airport. That is, that's a, that's a crazy, it's a crazy amount of statistics that are like way over yeah. what it needs to be. Well, speaking of way over what things need to be, uh, the budget for the Denver International Airport unfortunately right. got a little bit out of control. Okay, what happened? Right, they had the money together. What was it like? Two billion. Yeah, well, the, like the groundbreaking started in September nineteen eighty nine, and that was yeah. sixty million initial investment. And US by, dollars and by 93 in 4 years they were like yeah we got this yeah they said by October 93 this thing will be open we'll put a uh, 1.2 billion into it and this thing will be open cool. and it will be happy days and everything will be done yeah like uh, like just build the building and the runways and that's, yeah, that's, that's it there's not a huge amount of, of crazy things going on to build an airport airports don't have a huge yeah like anybody here listening has has been in an airport yeah you know arrivals departures you know some place the, the baggage goes yeah. You get all your, you know, the carousels. It's usually like a, a, you know, a, a fairly empty campus, some runways, uh, two terminal buildings usually, yeah. and, and a, few, a large multi-story car park. A few cafes, a couple of shops maybe. Hmm. If you're in a seriously big one like Gatwick, uh, you know, there's like a big mezzanine or there's a huge big uh, waiting open area. Open kind of foyer. Open area, foyer yeah. with loads of shops. And it's kind of like a small a small town, you know, like yeah. a main street of a small village or whatever. Hmm. And it's not it's not massive. But this airport is massive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's one point three billion. Put it together, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, by by September, by October ninety three, when it was supposed to open, the original budget of one point seven million wasn't really working out. It had already gone up to about two point six. Okay, so it doubled. It had doubled in that time. By the time what they did got it double on, did they like choose super fancy tiles or something? They yeah, had some gay guy going in there going fountains everywhere. I want fountains. First of all, there's a huge amount of concreting need to be done to make a building that large. Right. So by 1994, your your budget has doubled and the airport's still not ready. They've yeah. pushed the, the final opening date to February 1995. So by February 28th, 1995, the official opening date of the Denver International Airport, the budget had got to 4.8 billion. Jesus. So they tripled. Yeah. This was an original set budget of max 1.7 billion. How do you do that? Like, 
I don't know. How, How do, do contractors? You? Is that that seems to me like uh, maybe you know some some business guy was like, "Come on, Paddy, come on, Johnny. I have a nice little you know. We'll dig a hole and we fill it again and say it was a mistake." Yeah, it sounds like that. It sounds like there was a lot of building going on. Or we'll buy then, we'll buy a load of uh, like building materials and you can bring them off and do them on other jobs and we'll just lump lump yeah. the bill onto these lads to have to give me a blank check so I just. Enough copper pipe to go around the equator five yeah. times. Just, just like stock up on loads of pot noodles and that. What, what do you want? What do you want from the shop? Yeah. Have a blank check here. Four point eight billion. Well, a lot of it just went on. A lot of the things that are in there. There was uh, look at a few of the numbers. One hundred and ten million cubic yards of earth moved, which includes just thirty six million cubic million yards. million moved in, in just a single eighteen month period. They moved thirty six million cubic yards Jesus. of earth. A lot of ex- a lot of excavation went on. So they they dug up basically a massive chunk. Yeah, they built it kind of on a, the a sort of in a in a, valley, a flat piece of land, and for some reason excavated a huge, huge amount of earth underneath it. What could they be putting down there? Well, lots of things. It seems uh, Denver International Airport has. Uh, this is one of the things that raises the suspicion. Then, when you read out, like obviously someone who's reading those statistics, we we struggle to find out. Like what was comparable to fifty three square square miles? Hmm. Like we struggle to understand how you could balloon your budget from one point seven billion to four point eight billion. Yeah, without anyone noticing for for a federally funded building. Like how many millions of how many millions of excavation was there? One hundred and ten million cubic yards of earth moved in the entire construction. So one hundred and ten million cubic yards that's a lot like that's a lot to find something to be comparable to like strip mining or whatever you see those things yeah. or the Grand Canyon yeah. like how many cubic yards of earth would fill the Grand Canyon did they dig like a Grand Canyon which is one of the seven wonders of the world yeah out like, from underneath that rare like how deep is this motherfucker do you know what I mean yeah like I was watching a YouTube video that said that Denver is one of the the higher cities in the US it's up on like way above sea level you know right. it's a mile high let's say so there's a lot of earth to dig down into it wouldn't be that hard to you're not going without hitting the water table yeah you're not going through loads of bedrock you're not going through loads of stuff you know it's it's from mountain creation you know like tectonic movement and stuff like that so you're right up high and you have a lot of ground to work with yeah a lot of stuff to work through so if they're digging down eight nine floors and it's 53 square miles of digging down that's that's a lot of a lot of earth to be moved. Yeah. If you're watching that being done, going, that's a big ass fucking hole in the that's ground. That's a huge amount of excavated underground facilities. Yeah. And no wonder you're asking the questions that you're asking, like real suspicious, like, there's something going on there. Of course there's something going on there. The motherfucker's digging like a massive anus out of the earth. Yeah. Like a giant earth belly button that's a huge hole and then filling it in with stuff that they don't know what's in there. People are going to be like, what did you put in there? That was a really big hole. What did you put in there? What did you put in there? Why wouldn't it make people suspicious? Yeah, exactly, man. That Such as, uh, we know that on the, the seventh level down is the baggage system, the now infamous baggage system yes. of Denver International Airport. They had an, uh, an automated baggage system which had um, sort of, you've seen it in, in factories, the hydraulic kind of, uh, and, uh, kind of flickers that would, yeah. that would flick bags from one belt to another and throw them from one belt to another and, and uh, eventually send them to so the right place. It was a highly place. sophisticated automated baggage handling An incredibly system sophisticated system. Where they had people taking in your bag, lobbing it into like a hole in the wall. Yeah. A giant funnel. A giant funnel that <laughs> loads of people on YouTube were all like, those funnels looked like they could fit bodies 
Yes, I noticed that. They look like body funnels. And yeah. you're like, dude, it's it's fucking, it's a baggage, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like, it's for hold all bags and for luggage. So the the staff that work there say, yeah, we go down to level six. We, we, we do. And, you know, level six, we can, we move the bags around manually and we have like food service and there's a train down there to get people from one terminal to another. And, you know, there's... It's 50 people square miles. There better be a goddamn train. Just people down there that are working. And then on the seventh level, they say, yeah, that was the old automated baggage system that yeah. they tried for a few years. And then but apparently never would do it. cost them something 2000, like... 2000, they stopped it. Is yeah, that apparently it cost them something like a million dollars a month in, in upkeep. Yeah. For the, amount of, for the amount of breaking this thing did and yeah. for having 24-hour maintenance and, and engineers a, on It on was site. a bold effort, but it yeah. didn't really pan out. Or maybe it was never supposed to pan out, if you think with a conspiratorial mind, that it was... An excuse to build yeah, a huge amount like, of underground space and okay. then rip out a non-working baggage system a few months after it went in place. Yeah, I mean, like, just build a, like a shitty infrastructure and have it work shitly for a couple of years and just go, nah, we'll use that to have the floor for something else. Yeah, but make the cells and the floor shackles nice. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure the floor shackles stick good. <laughs> Make sure those flippers are good for bodies. Yeah. <laughs> Flip them into the right conveyor belt. But yeah, that's that's like... That's a it's some crazy numbers. When you look at just that history of the building of Denver International Airport, that's where the what conspiracy begins. Big? Yeah. It begins from all these crazy facts that came out. And this is from people that worked on the site. And what you get then in, in the conspiracy circles are the furthering of this information. Such as... Uh, there's plenty of people that worked on the site that said they built entire buildings and instead of and were told that they were built in the wrong place or built in the wrong way and instead of demolishing them and starting again as they usually would, they were told to fill them over with earth and begin building on top of them again. So they were, they were building the different stories like... Uh, but apparently also there was lots and lots of different subcontractors, lots of teams yeah, brought in all to work on that. There were, compartmentalised there were, parts of exactly, the airport and then so that fired, no one got the overviewed yeah. And, then, yeah, and fired before they could speak to anyone else and... Uh, apparently this is as the narrative built up over time since 1995 uh, the information has got to the point where it's there There was a lot of people involved in the building of this airport but nobody got the full overview of anything and there was a lot of people that raised questions about the building and things that were going on but they were subcontract, subcontracted in and when their contract was finished they were gone and they had nothing else to do with it, it yeah it's, it, it's a lot of suspicion to raise even in just mm-hmm. in the building phase so later on like the disparity in the budget, we can talk about and speculate all along. Yeah. But the um, idea of, of we don't know what's down there. We don't know how much. Like I don't know how much an airport costs. But no, if I don't know what it costs. If they're bringing a budget to someone and go, yeah, it's going to be one point seven billion, and then at the end they're like, it's actually going to be closer to five. Like that's three billion more. Yeah. Like that's like three thousand million yeah. more than what they had originally went to these people it's a hell of a miscalculation that's a yeah fucking, that's big like that's yeah. somebody built an airport yeah on the original budget and then built another one yeah and then had a half of one left over and considering that they can only get the largest airport in the in the continental u.s to be the sixth busiest airport in the continental u.s yeah they're not really making that money work they're, they're not yeah they're not really making that, that five billion their, back, back immediately yeah but what's more suspicious or what grabs attention more from the public is not these phenomenal statistics about numbers and about like the amount of cubic yards, millions of cubic yards yeah. of earth moved. What's more scary, jarring, creepy and attention grabbing yeah. is the really oddly chosen art and decor and 
architecture yeah of this, this whole is building. this is where the conspiracy really gets its uh, legs this is if you ever wondered how the new world order or the illuminati as they, they possibly might be known would go about interior decoration the answer is scary as fuck mm. that's how they like to decorate creepy Apparently. as shit man yeah like really bad like when they when they were all sitting down for this 1.7 billion budget they were like lads i want to have a hundred million to pay this mental patient <laughs> to rub shit on the walls. No, man, it has to be, has to be something more, you know, meaningful. Yeah. Like, okay, let's draw a giant gas mask Nazi alien ramming a sword up a dove's arse. That sounds. Wait, where is this going? On the wall, right when you walk in the front door. Of what, like a a war museum? No, no, like of the airport. Of you an walk, airport. Yeah, yeah, you walk right in the front I don't door you, sir. and you have like a 20 foot giant uh, Nazi gas mask scimitar machine gun wielding soldier ramming the sword up a dove's arse in front of a letter from a 14 year old girl in Auschwitz lined by a load of women cradling dead fetuses and at its feet are the children of all the races of the world lying dead on a pile of bricks with a rainbow over its head. That's the first picture that you'd see when you go into the airport. How do you feel about that? Terrifying? 100 million. 100 million we're going to give that guy. Yeah. yeah. The guy's name was Leo Tanguma. Leo Tanguma. This motherfucker is a Mayan, right? Yeah. He's He's... His people have predicted the end of the world. Mm. So coming up to December 21st, 2012, <laughs> a lot of people were looking at these pictures going, does he know something that I don't fucking know? Yeah. Like, what's... Is, is Leo Tanguma trying to tell us something what? through these murals? So I, I always equate this... Um, it's almost like a wish for this virus that's going to come and wipe out the, the planet, you know, wipe everybody off the planet. And these... Georgia Guidestone's prophecies of having only 500 million people on the planet. Mm -hmm. I equate these to people's wish and longing for a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Like, I've heard people in the streets, mostly people I know and friends of mine, but I've heard people in the streets saying, yeah, bring on the apocalypse. Yeah. Like, I cannot wait. Like, they've just finished dealing with a member of the public who's been a fucking douche nozzle. And then as they walk away, I hear that person saying to themselves, oh my God, I yeah. can't fucking wait. A little bit of chlorine in the gene pool you I hear from people. cannot wait for the fucking apocalypse, man. Mm -hmm. Those people won't survive, and I'm glad of that. Like, this kind of stuff is going on. I, I'm I'm equating what's going on in Denver Airport with the, those people's longing for, like, a cleansing of the earth. Do you know what I mean? Like, personally, you know, there's a couple of people we could do without. Yeah. I'm saying that straight up. I'm not, you know, I don't want to get into an abortion debate or I don't want to get into anything like that. But there are a few people yeah, walking around, around that we can... We, we could do, without, we could do without them. Would the world be a worse place for that? Probably not. It'd probably there, be a better place. There's too many people making more people that yeah. they don't want, need, or can care for. Yeah. There's too many people. Stop making people people. Yeah. There's enough people in the world right there's now. There's enough people. Yeah. But what this... Uh, 
set of murals, which is the main, there's the linchpin in the in the conspiracy behind the Denver International Airport, is these really fucking creepy, scary murals. So have you got a list? Leo Tanguma, the 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 Mayan artist who made these, right? Because Mayans apparently know what what's up. What's happening? They know what's up. They know. So they got Leo Tanguma. They watched the first things. episode of Lost when I go. Oh shit! I know what that is. I know what that is. It's a, it's all a dream. Yeah, it's all just one. They used to read Word Up magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leo Tanguma has his his two massive murals in the Denver International Airport. The Children of the World Dream of Peace. This is kind of a two part mural part. over over two walls, and what you see is what you've described. The first yes, part the first is. Part. The, uh, gas mask the gas mask stormtrooper, yeah, sort of killing everyone. Uh, and then, it, as you said, the, the rainbow yeah, that kind of it's spirals kind of like out of him. The from swoop the... of his scimitar, which is, you know, that Arabic curved sword. Yeah. That a lot of people are saying, you know, they're putting Islam, they're putting like... Yeah, Islam oh, Muslims, are, Muslims are bad, Muslims are going to kill everybody. Yeah. The connotations into that art where... The scimitar, that curved sword, is also a Masonic symbol, mm-hmm. a very strong Masonic symbol. You don't see it often, but it's 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 definitely part of that. It's part of the iconography. It's not it's Islam, everybody. Yeah. Fucking relax. It doesn't immediately mean uh, Moore's and, and and Morgan Freeman from Kevin Costner's Prince of Thieves. Prince of Thieves. Yeah, it's not. It's it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that. It's not going to be like some Nazi ISIS agent wearing a gas mask. Is going to sterilize all the women in the world. Yeah, that's not. Do you know, you could you could say that. Yeah, that's not definitely what he's doing. Like, to you know what I mean? When I looked at that picture and I saw all the women on the left hand side, we're going to put all this up in an article on the website so you can see for yourself. Maybe as you're listening, you could go in and have a look now, or even just type in Leo Tanguma art. You'll be able to recognize the ones uh, that we're describing. This first one. Like a whole sweep up the left hand side of these like grey green women all weeping over these babies in arms. And to me what that meant was like a sterilization. Like that they're gonna make it impossible for somebody to procreate and all these women are gonna have miscarriages and cry over their babies. And all the babies of the ethnic groups are all gonna be killed and put on like a funeral pyre ready to be exterminated or whatever. Um Which sounds not uh like the most unbelievable idea of a an apocalyptic end as brought about by a I'm looking at that from a conspiratorial point of view. Yes, like of from from a yeah, I'm on board with this ex- yeah. extermination of the human I'm not against forced uh, sterilization of the human race. Yeah, like I'm 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 looking at it like a conspiracy theorist would. And that's what I get out of it, which is a perfectly plausible way to destroy humanity I mean a lot of people say yeah it's going to be a disease it's going to be a pandemic it's going to be a world war 3 it's going to be a nuclear war it's going to be a nuclear war like the most peaceful way and if anyone has ever watched the channel 4 TV series Utopia if I like the most peaceful way to reduce the population is just to sterilise everybody Mm -hmm. wait for all the people to get old and die and and leave about 15% sterile yeah and 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 let them let them breed at a responsible rate and control that with like laws and stuff like new laws, mm-hmm. like that's the most humane way of doing it. Rather yes. than making a pandemic, having people like in some zombie movie shoveling bodies onto funeral pyres yeah. and uh, or like zombie apocalypse where there's some disease and whoever is like the biggest and strongest and fastest yeah. that running away, they get to survive and then they have to make a new society with zombies still around or if it was like the stan stephen king's epic where 
there's whole cities that are completely uninhabitable because of the stench of death and there's like the, the Lincoln Tunnel is full of cars full of dead people who died really rapidly from this disease the most humane and, and logical way to do that is just to sterilise everybody and let the old get old and die and then they bury and them and buried over time, and buried them over time. As, as the system works now and in, in 80 or 90 years you'd be fully you'd be fully clear you'll have yeah. 500 million people on the planet which is what you know and nobody the has to suffer amount. and nobody has to suffer so yeah. that'll be you know that's I mean, there's no point in, in wiping out 7 billion people in one fell swoop and then not changing the system the infrastructure and allowing it to grow back to another 7.5 billion and doing it again Yeah, every 100 years there's no point in doing that yeah over the 90 years educate people make sure you know yeah people understand there's this much food production there's these many mouths if we then grow the amount of mouths but not the amount of food production we're all going to starve and die now, I'm not saying that's a bad idea or a good idea. Mm-hmm. I'm saying if that's what the New World Order are We're not advocating for, the forced sterilization yeah. of the masses and, and, and <laughs> anyone that you find dumber than you. We're not saying that. But if we were saying that... Yeah. It would be a good idea. If if that's if that's what your idea... If, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm touching lightly on this now. I, I presume the listeners can hear the conflict in yeah, my Yeah, you don't want to go too hard. Own. I'm not saying it's a good idea yeah. to do that. You're saying that you came up with it first. But if you thought it was a good idea, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Do you get me? I know you're feeling me. I know yeah. you're feeling me. You but know that, it's not the dumbest idea you've ever I heard. I know if you can hear, there's, there's a... There's a, there's a spy plane helicopter yeah it's been circling over overhead for a while it's uh, <clears throat> I think we're talking about the new world order so much so yeah. if that if that was their you know their wish this is one of the conspiracies around Denver mm-hmm. that these murals are depicting this apocalypse this yes. pandemic right yeah. so that's the first picture that first, yeah, that first mural that first mural of the, of the two which parts, is a Nazi a Nazi stormtrooper ramming a Muslim sword up the Christian symbol for peace's arse a dove Surrounded by surrounded morning, by morning women uh, that have been sterilized at the at his feet are a load of dead kids of all different ethnicities. So basically, you know, people are saying that some Muslim stormtrooper is going to sterilize everybody with some weird pandemic and kill all the kids. Yeah, that's the idea of the kind of the the gas fumes. He's wearing a gas mask, the stormtrooper, and there's gas fumes kind of coming off him. He's also holding an AK forty seven. Let's not forget that. Yeah. The chosen weapon of the, the, the true rebel fighter. And in the in the sweep of his scimitar, there is a rainbow. Yeah, and this comes rainbow, from these kind of gas waves, turn into a rainbow. And it leads into a second mural, the yes. second part of the children of the world dream of peace. And the second mural is where things get beautiful again. It's yeah. where if, if, if you had culled 7 million people and were left with your your optimum 500 million number. The finest of the fine. Yeah. Your seven billion right. people are gone. Your lethargy, the finest of the finest, five hundred million. What you're gonna have is is that same soldier, that same stormtrooper with his evil gas mask, lying prostrate and dead on the ground. Yeah, his, his AK forty seven there on top of him, and two lovely peaceful uh, doves of peace sitting on his lap. Yeah, Un- unharmed from yeah. their earlier scimitar anus their, attack. Their scimitar anus is unfettered. Yeah, and then what you'll have is the children of the world. Collecting up the arms of the world, the swords, the scabbards, the the guns and the, and the hammers of the world, and, and wrapping them in their their national flag, and bringing them to a small uh, austere looking German boy who's going to beat them into something more useful. I don't know why, like a why, plow. Uh, on the internet, it's claiming that this lad is a German boy that's beaten these this scimitar into plow, beaten. 
they shall beat their swords into plowshares, like the old saying, you know, mm. from the Bible or whatever. Um, I don't know why they're presuming he's German. He's wearing lederhosen. Is he? Is that the, the, the shorts and the socks and the whole thing? Yeah, that's a uh, that's that classic uh, Hitler youth look. Isn't it? <laughs> well, okay, tell me, it's well, not. Think, we're gonna well, put I the picture up really on the, on the website. You're gonna see what you're gonna see is his grey blazer, his white shirt, and and uh, the kind of chest strap of the the shorts slash lederhosen yeah, that he's wearing, and his little red scarf. Yeah, I would say that's that's pretty much a Hitler youth drawn. Well, what else to we have in this picture is a ribbon with peace written on it in lots of different languages. What I think is very almost like touching, you know. Uh, is that the main conflicts in the world that have carried on for years and years are being uh, represented by a bunch of swords being carried by two children of the different ethnicities that were in the conflict. Mm-hmm. And they're being wrapped, these bunch of swords are being wrapped by both of those countries' flags. So we can see a bunch of swords that are wrapped in an English and then an Irish flag. Yeah. A British flag and an Irish flag side by side. Being handed in. There's another one of a, a Chinese flag and a Tibetan flag yep. being handed in. There's an Israel flag and a Palestine flag yeah. together. And what's this one at the top? Uh, a Croatia. That's the Croatian red yep. and white, isn't it? And That's the Croatian uh, little squares. And who was anti-Croatia? Serbia? Serbian and Croats. That's what it is, mm. yeah. Being handed in. Yeah, India, Pakistan. Uh, I can't see the rest of them. There's a lot. South There's Africa, a few of them. Iraq and Iran. Yeah, Israel and Palestine in the top left. Yeah, it's my favorite. Really, my favorite. Really if, you, nice, if you look like, at the if you look at the Israel and Palestine flags together and look slightly to the right of them, what you see is uh, a Mexican fairground man who's the only person not watching what's going on in this mural. <laughs> he's part of the mural. He's been painted. Leo Tanguma <laughs> took the time to paint this gentleman as part of the mural, and he's the only one that's just he's not paying attention to what's going on. He's just not watching what's going on. He's facing the other direction. He has uh, a hand up in the air, like he's he's trying to signal somebody. And he clearly works in, in what's a, probably a, a poorly run Mexican fairground. <laughs> uh, it's the second most racist thing I've said today. Yeah. The fucking, I bet he doesn't do any work in that Mexican playground at all. Yeah. But there's everybody here. There's Mounties, there's Zulus, there's uh, um, borderline racist Irish red-haired children. There's... Um, yeah, he's gone really, for every really stereotype really in the world. Scene. It's yeah. really wonderful scene. But it's... Like there's no conspiracy in that. It's just like, you know, the first picture is like once, once is like massive. a representation of oppression and tyranny. Like, yeah, and and he's killing peace, you know. And all the people are like, Ugh. and then the next one is like, they killed him, they vanquished him, and all the kids are all like, yeah, let's take all these conflicts and squash our beefs, man. Yeah, let's like bend these swords into plowshares and let's all get along. And they're yeah. all kids of different ethnicities, all together, still alive, not sterilized or not exterminated. And you know that's the second half of the picture. They're definitely alive. We can tell that. We can't tell they're, whether they're sterilized or not by looking at them. <laughs> and that little fella with the, the little German lad with the hammer looks like he could do some damage. He really does, yeah. Big he's, time. He's wielding it hard, so Big he is. Time. He, he's getting no purchase, though, with, with his foot sticking out like that, with that little sock on. Yeah. Getting no purchase. Is that, that USA moment. and Russia? Where? Oh, yeah. Is the other is. connection yeah, at yeah, the bottom? At the bottom right. I thought it was Cuba for I a bit, but it's not. It's Russia. It was France. I was just like, do they not just hate each other? There's, There's just, no yeah, conflict. There's they no just conflict. don't like each other. I thought that was all over when the uh, when the Statue of Liberty was handed over. Freedom fries. <laughs> they don't call them French fries anymore. So what happened with that first, the first part of that with the uh, the gas mask Nazi dove anus scimitar fingerer? Uh, it was painted over. 
That, that has been painted over since. And it's been changed into like a very long mural with loads of different ethnicities of people now. But it's, yeah, since there's loads of pictures on the internet. When you type in Denver International Airport, that, yeah. that picture comes up. It's the most prominent. That's, that's the most prominent one, yeah. But it's painted over now. It's gone. It's been, it's been removed. Because it was apparently too offensive. Nobody yeah, likes too many people weren't, weren't happy with it. Yeah, mental. But uh, that's not the only one. Uh, Leo Tanguma goes on to finish his, his depiction of, of this new world uh, with his second... Well, third, but his second but final uh, mural, In Peace and Harmony with Nature, that one is called. And that's, that mural... It's the happy one. So, In Peace and Harmony with Nature, the uh, happy one, basically has the world on fire. In the background, yeah. there's... This is also a two-parter two mural, this, this yeah, second Yeah, two-parter. There's a city on fire in the background. There's a... Um, a forest in the foreground. Yeah, a forest in the foreground that's also on fire of possibly uh, redwood trees. They're pretty big looking yeah, trees. Yeah, they look like redwoods. There's a city in the far background that's covered in smog and kind of fucked up looking. And then they have these like rare animals like penguins and whales in glass cages as if they were kept like museum pieces. Yeah, you have uh, a lot of elephant tusks all piled up in one corner. And a, and a sea turtle at the bottom. And they all look fairly dead to be yeah honest. the sea turtle has not had a good day uh, these kids of different ethnicities they're all kind of praying over a leopard a, a dead leopard a dead body. leopard uh, with some flowers like a graveside but what's what's a little bit more unsettling is that in the foreground we see three human coffins yeah what's what's three corpses in three coffins yeah I'm trying to find a good version of it so I can see exactly who's in those in coffins. Our coffins yeah it looks like a Possibly an African woman on the, on the on the far left. What you've got is a, a Native American kind of elder in in the middle coffin, and what yeah. looks like a small European girl in, in the far right coffin. Yeah, perhaps of Semitic descent. Yes, she be she has a star of David. She's also clutching a Bible. Yeah, that that doesn't tell that doesn't tell a lot really. It's you know you can you can see the symbolism in it. Mm-hmm. On face value, it's not really sinister. If you're going to read into you know the 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 conspiracies of ethnic cleansing or, you know, 500 million people left, you could say that, yeah, they're going to get rid of all the black people, all the Indians, and all the Jews. Yeah. Because they were the three that were put in the coffins. And they're going to burn all the forests and kill all the animals and fuck up all the stuff. Yeah, and all the people that would be left would be just in shock and agony at what's going on in the world, unable to do anything. But then we step to part two of this mural. And much like the first mural, where part one is fairly depressing... Uh, part two becomes a little more enlightening, becomes a little more uh, happy, and shows a slightly better world. There's a redemption. There's a redemption involved. So in part two, where we see the, we see in in part one, we saw a couple of whales jumping out of the water, looking very unhappy. Now we see a couple of whales jumping out of the water, looking happy. Smiley whales. Smiley whales, and and a person there to to reach out and touch them. We see the the leopard that was dead in the first one is now alive again. And it has a, it has like a smiley partner, and they're all like sitting around with a couple of cubs, and everyone's like. They're all chilling. Yeah. yeah, the coffins are missing now. The same, the same girl that was that was freaked out over the dead leopard's body before is now standing over what looks like a, a sort of a, a strange orchid plant. So yeah, some crazy rooted, multicolored, shining plant that's supposed to be a metaphor for like a deity, perhaps. Mm. I so, was reading. There's different. Uh, all the different ethnicities are all represented. They're all alive. They're all in celebration of this wonderful plant. I don't know what the plant is supposed to mean, but... Yeah, and all the, it seems like it's all the kids from the first mural have grown up now and become adults. Yeah, and everyone's happy out. Yeah, it's all the, it's all the same sort of ethnicities involved, but... Now, in the older. first part of this 
horrible depiction. There's one girl standing at the back and she's holding a section of a Mayan tablet. Yeah, what's clearly some sort of like a Mayan ink and uh, Sumerian kind of a tablet. Yeah, that kind of a sun a, engraved yeah, on some other kind of. It was associated shapes. with you know the the Mayan prediction of the end of the world and mm-hmm. two thousand and two thousand and twelve and whatever you know. It's all really heavily read into. Do you think Leo Tanguma was all about that? Do you think he was all I think about that was, like that was part of his, his overall of his artistic brief view that he was told, "Hey, make sure you have some conspiratorial shit in here. Like we want to, we want to yeah. get the message out, but just not bring some of that so, Mayan juice with you. Yeah, not so subtle. Yeah, it's not unbelievable. It's not a, a crazy idea that the artist was was looking to say this. But I mean, the, the problem with the Denver Airport is is not just these murals. It's there's other art that's freaking people out on a daily basis that that's travel just, through but there. They're, they're four pretty pretty like fucking weird examples they are if you're commissioned to do a mural in a government facility in a in a, a large public building like a at airport I'm not sure I'd go with 20 foot high stormtrooper yeah I'm good. thinking I'm just about to get on a plane it's post 9-11 I'm American I'm shitting myself if I'm seeing a big giant skin tar wielding fucking gas mask Nazi guy like I'm shitting myself I'm not getting on a plane in an airport that has that that I have to drive 50 miles an hour to get to mm. for a half an hour do you know what I mean it's it's horrific enough to be hard patted by a TSA agent like <laughs> the idea that you have to be staring at this this soul crushing mural before you do that is, is terrible but alright so that's the murals like they're creepy, they're weird. I think a lot of people on the internet are looking far too much into the imagery of it. But what mm. what's the scariest part when you're driving up to this motherfucker? You're you're not even in the airport yet. You're driving up the driveway, you're getting ready to come into, you know, departures lounge. Yeah. And what's standing greeting you? Yeah, as you're coming up Peña Boulevard, uh, <laughs> going into the Denver International Airport, the thing that greets you is the Mustang. This famous Denver Airport Mustang. This incredible famous Mustang. This it's it's Blue. <laughs> blue, cerulean blue, Cer- yeah, like a with really... veins, and it has like yeah, dark veins running from its. Uh, again, it sounds like we're saying the word anus a lot tonight, but you can uh, see the fucking, there's a lot of veins in the horse's butthole. Yeah, and there's some weird, and, and there's some weird veinage, and, and yeah, it's like a flower, flowery butthole. Yeah, and then like those. Those weird varicose, yeah, varicose veins go up like his gooch and around yeah. and up his belly, and yeah. like he's up in a in a kind of a Lloyd's TSB bank, yeah, uh, reared um, up kind of a in battle that? kind of a look. What's that when you call it, when you call when the lion is on you know a lion on the ramparts? Yes, it's rampart. You know when the lion is on a on a crest of a family, mm-hmm. and and he's up. Like on his horns. Yeah, that Dutch lion. What's it? What, what is that called? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know when they're? I think it's rampart. Think it could be. Yeah. I call. I call it rearing when a horse does it. Yeah, it rearing up. up. Yeah. So it's, so it's rearing up, and it has like if it could have like fire coming out of its nostrils, it, it would. would. Yeah. And it has like red lights in its eyes. Yeah, they put glowing red lights. Glowing well, red lights. The artist put glowing red lights in its eyes. That's fucked up. And man. what you gotta understand is. Every time Why we say you do that? the artist, and like anything can be explained away by artistic vision, and you can always say the, art, the artist had this idea of this is what he was doing, but somebody signed off on this. Somebody used taxpayer money to pay for this, and 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 looked at it and said, "Yeah, I can't see that coming back to hurt me. I can't see anybody calling into a talk radio station and going, did you see that thing that my tax dollars paid for at the front of the airport?' That nine thousand pound in weight." 
9,000 pounds, cerulean blue, high. 32 foot tall, red eyed, fucking veiny anus, ginormous horse. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? It'd be good to find out what the hell's going on there by speaking to the artist that created Luis Jimenez. Can we speak who, to uh, the artist, Luis He was commissioned in, in 1993 to... Uh, create this artwork for the specifically, yeah, for, specifically the for the Denver International Airport it wasn't installed in 2008 but there's a very good reason for that how come in 2006 Luis Jimenez died oh, yeah, the artist died before he could finish it was finished by so it took uh, him 10 years to, to get to the point where he made the head and then the head fell on him and killed him it severed an artery in his leg he bled out he died painting the, the head blue it was then his his uh, interns and his family that finished off the rest of the horse in less than two years. This seems <laughs> like an intern move to put those weird veins in the horse's anus. You think? Yeah. As tribute? As yeah. homage? That's to like... a man that suffered with piles all his life? <laughs> no, like, no. He died from like an arterial cut so they're all oh, like, we've yeah. got to cover this horse in veins, man. We've got to make bulging veins all over this horse's legs. Just as a tribute to Lewis. I didn't, I didn't even think R. of that. R.I.P. Lewis. But yeah, he, the head fell on him and killed him. Mm-hmm. That's... Unfortunately, so, yeah, but that that puts such a spooky, creepy element on that, that horse. Still, like, that it was still, yeah, that that horse was as terrifying as it was, and then it had taken a life already, and before it had been put anywhere yeah, at all. Like when people say, "Oh, I saw that horse outside the Denver International Airport, that Mustang it looks murderous." It is murderous. Okay, it has murdered. It's killed somebody. I can see why they put a horse at the Denver airport. The Denver Broncos, like, of course. Yeah. Okay, horse, you got it. Cool. Why make it so fucking weird and scary? Why not when, put a John Elway? When, when already, there's like, if it's put in there in 2008, Eight. right, they know that this fucking crazy, red-eyed, scary horse is going in there after these weird, like, Nazi gas mask murals have been there for like 10 years and people are like going on the internet going, this place is fucking creepy. Yeah. They're going, do you know what else is going to be creepy? This massive vein anus blue with 30 foot horse. Murderous horse. Where do you fucking see this thing going yeah. in here? Like the manager of the Denver airport. Yeah. Whoever's artistic director or design director. Serious fucking. Yeah, that dude, that dude or woman serious is fucked up. Anyway. Yeah. That but that's amazing. that's not that's where not, it stops. That's not the that's, weirdest that's statue. That's really though. the beginning. No, no, no. The, one of the weirdest statues. One of the ones that like Aaron has a lot of uh, it, a lot of coverage in the conspiracy circles. But turns out probably doesn't have that serious connotations. It was a twenty-two foot tall statue of Anubis. Yeah, people shit themselves when they saw that being put up. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, "Why is the New World Order?" putting up a giant Egyptian statue at the yeah. front of this fucker. They're laughing in their faces. Yeah. But people are convinced there's a New World Order, like HQ. Yeah. So when they put up this... So when giant Mustangs... Pagan symbol... And, and, and uh, statues of Anubis start appearing, people say, hey, they're fucking with us now. They're just trying to make it obvious what's going on here. And this 26-foot 20, high statue of Anubis was erected uh, at the south end of the Jefferson Hall, which is the, the large kind of hall... Main the, the thoroughfare, yeah, the people, main thoroughfare in, there in the, the airport weighed seven tons. But there, it turns out there may have been a good reason for it. There was a Tutankhamun exhibit, the famous Tutankhamun exhibit that was at the Denver Art Museum, running from the first of July twenty ten to the to January twenty eleven. So why why wouldn't it be there? But so why wouldn't it be there? Advertisement. It was, yeah, it was a Nubis on tour. It turns yeah. out, and, and it had been in loads of airports before. I read, yeah, and loads of uh, city centers. Mm-hmm. They just lash it up there, and people are like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, but. These people who are trying to make a massive conspiracy out of Denver 
really latched onto it and were like, yeah. what the fuck? I still see posts from the time of people going, have you seen this? Yeah. The new one, you're laughing in my face. Yeah. And you're like, no, dude, it's a fucking advertisement. Yeah. Chill the fucking beat. Yeah. If you go on the back of it, you see there's a Tutankhamun exhibit. Yeah. And that might be fun to go to. Relax a mundo. Mm-hmm. So, but, but that's, there are that's, other statues that's not where it stops that's not the only statue the one that one seems easy enough explained away the Anubis mm-hmm. statue ones that aren't as easy to explain away are the gargoyles okay where, where are the gargoyles situated the and brilliantly named as you know we love the naming of things here on those conspiracy guys <laughs> and we love anyone with a clever turn of phrase for a name and the artist who made a couple of gargoyles too that he put in the in the baggage area of, of Den, Denver International Airport decided to call them the Notre Denver gargoyles. Wow. Yeah, that guy's on it. Right in there, man. On it like a car bonnet. That's so all. gargoyles are usually put onto um, gothic cathedrals mm-hmm. to ward away evil spirits. They're twofold. Yeah, usually they're, they're sometimes, well, sometimes they're part of a guttering system. Funnel away and away from, yeah. They're a cornerstone of a guttering system. And also, as I said, to, to ward off evil spirits. Yeah. To, to I think the ward off evil spirits was put on after being an ornate cornerstone for a guttering system is probably their primary purpose. Probably primary function, but you don't yeah. need to make a, a, a corner guttering stone into the shape of a demon or anything. Yeah, I mean, the history of gargoyles is probably, is probably, you know, yeah. questionable enough. Like, it could get its own episode in itself. But yeah. but these are two bronze casts made by artist Terry yeah. Allen, and they're coming out of suitcases. They have their, their curled forked tails spinning so out of the suitcases. Weird. They're coming out head in hand, sort of a Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone sort of... Expression like we, on their face of screaming just in and agony. Just in case there's a set of parents in the airport that have maybe left a kid at home when they're which, about to go on holidays. Which, if you which could very well happen. If you're a fan of the Home Alone series, it happened three times. Yeah. So. I mean, the McAllisters did that shit twice. Yeah. And then they left another child behind, but not the same parents, so you can't blame them. No. Like, <laughs> fool me once. They had since divorced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. Um, but this this is another thing that catches people. in, in uh, By baggage carousel 3 and 16 in the the baggage area you have these gargoyles coming out of suitcases and again it's just it it's adding to the level of freaky artwork i'd love to have a a, a day in denver airport to be able to go around and, and just see all of this in in one go and to I'm see sure if there's any artwork it. that's not it's freaky as shit the i wonder if anyone on there has like drawn a picture up, you can look up the artwork just there now and it's these like these really bland like long murals they've taken down the two big scary ones do you know mm. what i mean yeah, they just they, some normal some, shit. Like, but as you said, trying to trying to, I presume, take away the bad press. But like, yeah, you know, and appease some people that said it was, some of the artwork's offensive. But having said that, then in two thousand and eight, they throw up the Mustang. Yeah, they it's, don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's it's, it's not like they're they really trying that hard. And another another questionable piece of artwork that goes on are the uh, engravings and floor symbols and wall symbols. Okay, well here here's where here's where the new world order stuff really comes in. Yeah, this is where I mean really we're talking about like underground bases. We're talking about. Like Phil Schneider coming forward and saying, "Yeah, there's some shit going on here. The government have put in these uh, underground installations that are holding like extraterrestrials, and they're a, you know, a jumping off base for extra extraterrestrial interstellar travel. And we have, you know, operations going on down here. Mm-hmm. And these floor symbols, writings, strange like Masonic uh, capstones and." Um, memorabilia like plastered all over the walls and and set in stone in this airport are really pointing these conspiracy theories towards their end goal of going yeah this is the proof for our wild accusations yeah 
like some really weird shit. And as if, yeah, to to illustrate that completely, there's uh, and a gold engraving on one of the floors in in over a full a full minecart. It's a minecart that's completely full to the brim. It's it's just gold inlaid into the floor into granite, and it has the letters AU and AG written on it. So what are the, what's the chemical symbol AU and AG? They would be gold and silver. Gold and silver. Gold right. and silver. So and it looks like a, a gold minecart full of gold or silver. Okay, so in a place where traditionally gold and silver were mined, right? Mm-hmm. Is it strange to have a gold mine or a minecart full of AU and AG? Referring back to the the history they read, such as the way you mean that the the airport itself is designed like uh, many teepees. Yeah, sitting the, across the plains. The, the the ground in which it was built mm-hmm. was traditionally Apache, Native American Apache, and Navajo land. Mm-hmm. Like it borders both both sides, right? So like there was originally Native Americans living there. Mm-hmm. So as a tribute to them, the skyline of this airport looks like a Native American settlement. Mm. And it's designed Lots really weird. Points. Yeah, TP point. It looks cool. Like it's. It looks like a really good building. Yeah, the photos of it, as you're as you see it coming into it. It looks like a great place. It looks yeah. like a really exciting place. So obviously. to have to have a tip of the hat to the you know the old way, hmm. the mining way, the, the 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 Western pioneers coming across trying to panhandle their little chunks of gold or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's not you know it's not unheard of. But this AUAG has also been misappropriated then by conspiracy theorists. Yeah, some would say that AUAG is also the uh, medical shorthand for Australian antigen, which is a deadly form of hepatitis. Uh, it's also the only form of hepatitis that Pamela Anderson doesn't have. <laughs> but uh, this is a deadly dirty. form. Of, yeah, yeah, dirty one. But this is a deadly form of hepatitis that kills up to ten to fifteen percent of, of people that are afflicted by it, okay. and it was discovered uh, by a, a man named Baruch S. Bloomberg who won the Nobel Prize, who shared it in 1986 for this discovery of Australian antigen. And, why, and you might why say, is what is, he, Yeah, why is he so prominent? What does this matter? What does any of this matter? matter? He is one of the founding members of the Denver International Airport. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is so a coincidence. The guy, the guy who sure. made, who discovered Australian antigen. Mm-hmm. AUAG. Is, AUAG, mm-hmm. right? AU for Australia and AG is antigen, mm-hmm. right? Why would they put AUAG for Australian antigen on a gold cart? full of gold uh-huh. to say hey this gold card isn't full of gold it's full of hepatitis that we're bringing to you because we want 10 to 15 percent of you dead yeah but 10 to 15 percent is not reducing it from 7 billion to 500 million no. hepatitis is fully curable 10 to 15 percent is enough to really piss off the 85 percent that are less of a populace yeah to be afraid of 10% of the people that they get some weird hepatitis from. Mm. Now, I was reading up about hepatitis. Not for my own personal... Yeah, like, when was research. this? this was no, this is for this show. Ago. No, no. Uh, yeah. This is for this show. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. Right? So I was reading up about hepatitis mm-hmm. for this show specifically, right? And yeah. apparently this Australian antigen, if it was given to people, would almost inoculate them from hepatitis they wouldn't get hepatitis from this antigen it's it's a it's a it's a culture it's not hepatitis it's not like you have hepatitis and then you fucking fuck somebody else and then they have hepatitis through bodily fluids mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah this is an antigen so if you did if you did inject somebody or in, in like or gas them yeah with gas them. them or put put it into their system somehow or put them into a giant long shower and spray them with it <laughs> yeah. 
you would be basically inoculating them against hepatitis. Like that's that's what this Australian antigen. It's not going to kill people, and they'd have like an allergic reaction to it, and ten to fifteen percent of people would have an adverse may reaction, yeah. and they may die. But what will probably happen is they will get another inoculation, and and the hepatitis will be cured from their body. So this isn't like people are going, ah, it's hepatitis. This is the fucking thing that's going to kill them. They're yeah. really reaching for this AUAG, and it's not something. It's not like. It's not a disease that can be a global pandemic to kill, you know, 6.5 billion people. Mm. This Australian antigen is not fatal. Yeah, what I think you're looking at is where Baruch Bloomberg's name joins with Australian antigen and then joins with one of the, the, yeah, the founder they're, Keystone they're, members. They're, of the, they're putting all these things together and going, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Maybe the AUAG has been, you know, genetically engineered into some form of super hepatitis or whatever. But like... But this isn't the only uh, strange floor symbols in the Denver International Airport. Yeah, there's a, there's another one. I, I I was reading up about this one, and I was looking into like the Apache heritage and the Navajo heritage of the area, right? So there's a, a part in the floor, and it says, I, pr- I presume I can have a go at pronouncing it. I don't Please want to do, yeah, offend any Apaches around, but it says, Zit Dit Gai. Does that sound right? That sounded pretty good, yeah. You pronounce both eyes. I-T. Yeah. D I T G A I I. Now that's written in the ground, and people are like, it's some kind of weird alien language. This is like some spell or some weird Illuminati Masonic fucking, you know, incantation. No. This is a Navajo translation of the words the White Mountain, which is a, a, a lush green highland plateau. That the Navajo and Apache, the Apache currently inhabit this land, right, at the moment. But it's a Navajo word for this area, the White the white Mountain. Hmm. And this could possibly be the restarting point for civilization. This is like a, a, a high up Garden of Eden, you know, like an elevated land that would be immune to, like, say, a global flood from, from you know, like a Noah-esque cleansing of the earth hmm. these people could live in this high up area this plateau this if you ever seen like Machu Picchu the way it's up on a, on a kind of a, a, a flat sliver of this mountain and they have like a village there and whatever and they could they could live there yeah right whoever would survive from this there's a hepatitis A-U-A-G but there's loads of stuff like that written in the floor like loads of these words Bzumpankamajunk uh, and Skalakapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapokapok
conspiracy in the first place. Yeah. Like the, this, this the, the order the, bent on the conspiracy has come from yeah, this capsule. It, it was signed at the bottom. Uh, the the novella of this conspiracy theory was signed off at the bottom like the John Hancock of it is yeah. on this capstone so the strangest part of this capstone that people <laughs> that people say is like this airport is commissioned by the New World Airport Commission mm. so there's a capstone in the lobby and a big it's the last stone to be laid yeah. and it was laid by the, the masons or the, the guys in the Masonic order from the local area yeah. and they all got together and this is this is these are the people who got that like 4.8 billion dollars together to build this airport mm-hmm. these are the guys that laboured on it these are top end Freemasons part of industry dudes. part of manufacture part of building and they want to put their name on it and they want to, they want to let people know what they did this, this capstone covers a, a time capsule yeah that's set to the, the people of Colorado 1994 Oh, no, as classic with time capsules, no, nobody will speak of what's in there. Yeah. I mean, memorabilia. 2094 could be the year that they open it up and inside of the time capsule it has all the genetic material needed to restart the earth. Yeah. Or it has the the antidote to this uh, sterilization disease that's been put out there. It's a variant of Australian antigen. Yeah, like they've already sterilized the planet. It's going to wait 80 years for everybody to die off and then the 500 million people are left Get they the come gift and they, they open this time capsule and Fertility. the cure for their ster- sterility is in there yeah. yeah I mean it's just one of those monkey uh, dolls with a giant erection <laughs> and they rub it before they have sex isn't that how it works? that's exactly how it works I'm pretty sure that's how it works but this capstone uh, it, it, it name checks some, some pretty important people there's yeah. Mayor Webb yeah. uh, the Denver Mayor that was a huge part of this there was Governor Romer of the state Colorado who was a huge part of this and there was Secretary of Transport Federico Pena who you may know from Pena Boulevard where the the, the, the big horse sits the big Mustang the sits off, yeah. Uh, and all of these guys, I'm sure, A, had a huge hand in the designing and making of the Denver airport, and B, creamed fierce off that budget. Yeah, that, that went did, that went didn't fierce, go no place. Really, really hard over the top. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Those guys so, did well. It's so weird, though, that they, the, 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 the people who are adamant that this conspiracy theory is based around this, like, cleansing of the earth, that they're so attached to this capstone yeah. and, and, and everything hinges on this capstone even so far as to wildly accuse the braille inscription mm-hmm. right there's so if you can imagine this I, we're going to put pictures up on the website obviously but if you can imagine this as you're listening walking running on the treadmill being in your office okay I'm going to describe it big ass stone maybe four foot by four foot and about a foot up off the ground and from that then comes an arced arm from the yeah. back coming towards the front at maybe like a 45 degree angle and it flattens out at the front and there's a big panel that faces you like a like a keyboard panel if anyone's ever watched star trek it's like what sulu stands in front of when he's operating the the enterprise, the enterprise yeah. you know it's like a panel and on it is the same information that's on the capstone but in braille obviously for blind people so that they can have a look at what freemasons made this airport yeah but a lot of people are saying that these braille dots are a keypad for the activation of this pathogen. Like the, someone yeah. comes in, they types them in a certain sequence and it activates like 
Or it's that the, the entire airport device. is a giant space station that yeah. will use anti-grav power propulsion systems to force itself in, into orbit around the Earth when the Great Flood happens. Or they're able to type in the, the sequence and it opens up a door so that we can get into the underground base. Yeah, or that it sends out a beacon called the waiting extraterrestrial armada just outside our solar system. Yeah, That's so, waiting to attack to, so to tell them all the time for an apocalypse. So many weird theories. There's a lot of weird theories. It's fucking, like a, like a braille thing. That's like going into the zoo and going like... Oh, here's the sign for the leopard. Oh my God, here's a keypad, and if I press the right buttons, the leopard gets out. It's not. It's a braille description of what the leopard is. Like. Yeah. <laughs> because there's blind people too. Yeah. Oh and sometimes God. they want to know what things are. Yeah, talking book. Yeah. <laughs> How's a Stevie Wonder goes to the Denver airport and he wants to know what's on that cat? He's like, hey man, what's on that cat's song? I can't read it. And someone comes running up to him as he's trying to read the braille. I go, no, Stevie, you'll end the world. Yeah, Stevie Wonder ended the world. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry I gave you all hepatitis. Yeah, it's such a fucking, it's such a, like a reach, I think. Yeah, it is. It, like, again, this is all artwork. It It's all interpreted by the eye of the beholder. It can mean anything you want it to mean. And I mean, the murals can, while being oppressive and dark on their first parts, can be seen as beautiful and enlightening in their second, in their second part yeah it's it's a it's a typical like artistic tool you know of juxtaposition of like light and dark or horrible and, after. horrible and beautiful or you know life death all that stuff it's that's fucking that's what art is like you're yeah. putting you're finding beauty in something horrible or you're finding you know uh, uh something interesting and something mundane yeah. people like a lot of Dutch, a lot of Dutch artists all through the 15th and 16th century painted grapes, but the best ones were painting the grapes, and made people go, "Fuck them are nice grapes. <laughs> They're just grapes." <laughs> they were really but I've seen pictures in the Louvre, rooms and rooms of motherfuckers painting grapes, but them were good pictures of grapes, man. Good. Yeah, they really caught them grapes. I was looking at that going, them grapes, that's, them's like 400 year old grapes. And I'm going, that's some nice grapes right there. Like, that's art. If yeah. you're able to turn something mundane into something beautiful, awesome. Yeah. And that's all Leo Tanguma and his crew were yeah. doing is going, hey, let's take this really strange and weird ideal and change it into like something that people yeah. can appreciate. It takes like, a message. It's like taking a urinal and putting a half a lemon in it and winning a Turner Prize. Yeah. That's essentially what they did. Yeah, but you can do that. Yeah, but that, that happens in the real world. We don't call those people New World Order uh, uh, flunkies. I think it's a confluence of all of this information. It really is, though. I mean, like, everything we've talked about so uh, far... If you put it on, if you say it all out in a row... Yeah. And put all the names on it and you see all the pictures, you go, yeah, there's something going on there. Something weird's happening in it, that place. It, it's something weird. It's ineffable, though. We can't, we can't put our finger on what it is. Yeah. But it is weird. I mean, if we were to That's say thing. one artistic director, one interior designer was at fault for all the artwork. You well, can put it down to his taste. He was at fault for the, the the strange actions in the in the building of the airport. He was at, he was at fault for the he was at fault for the so, some of the unnecessary systems of the airport, such yeah. as six large fuel tanks that it has that can hold two point seven three million gallons of jet fuel. Like, who needs that much jet fuel? Uh, a spaceship. A new world order, but yeah, a uh, spaceship. That's, a, that's 10 point three three million liters of jet fuel, and it has a pumping system that can pump up to one thousand gallons three thousand seven hundred and eighty five liters for our Canadian friends a minute that's a lot that's a lot of jet fuel that's more than so, your average airliner would be able to take that's one of those things where you think like what are they pumping into what are they fueling could it be uh could Denver Air, International Airport be a jumping off point for interstellar space travel 
is it going to be you know 53 square miles of ufos lining up to try and get a bit of bit of petrol so they're able to fly off to the nearest planet do you know what i mean mm-hmm. is it going to be a stopping off point for uh an evacuate a set of evacuation spaceships that are going to take the elite one percent of people you know off the planet onto a a, a new further existence like it why have 10 million gallons of fuel like why do that like 10 million liters why have 10 million liters of fuel like that's fucking ridiculous it's a huge amount yeah everything about this airport seems supersized unnecessarily and that's what's given rise to kind of the 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 greatest angle of the conspiracy theory on this which is that there's a dome we've spoken about domes before a a deep underground military base this i can get on board with Mm. right i can get on board with the fact that you know they're going to build an airport 1.7 1.7 is the budget they dig a big ass fucking hole in the ground and then they make a dome out of it and use the airport to cover it, it over yeah and disguise it with an airport on top yeah like yeah right that's feasible for a conglomerate of businessmen to you know build an airport and then mock the 53 million people a year that are going through it with their end of the world pathogen plan by putting up pictures and then a capstone that basically signs uh, <laughs> Kilroy Wazir yeah. on the floor of the airport and then leave loads of little clues all around and basically stick your fucking middle finger up against all these people going, we are going to kill you. You're still using our airport because you're fucking mugs and you can't figure out a different way to transport yourselves. Wah, wah. Like, that's ridiculous. Hmm. Maybe somebody's listening and saying it's equally ridiculous to imagine that they'd have a deep underground military base at the airport. Could it not be a part, like a slice of both pies? Mm-hmm. Could it not be a thing of, they have a deep underground military base there, and to throw people off, they're making such a fucking ridiculous effort yeah. to, to, to throw it in your face and yeah. go, yeah. That's an idea we spoke about before in, in other topics, such as September 11th, uh, where you have Duper's Delight. Yeah. Where you have is it's, 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 People believe the big lies. Yeah, it's a scientifically recognised thing. It's it, When people tell lies and then they're successful at that, they, they get that bit of joy, that bit of excitement, that thrill, that giddy thrill from... A little smirk. From fooling someone, from duping yeah. someone, the Duper's Delight. And we've talked about it before, we'd see, you know, questionable family members of questionable victims of certain false flag events or possible false flag events who would... Allegedly... Yeah, allegedly, but not allegedly, be laughing and, and smiling through descriptions of their family members dying, yeah. or who uh, would, Weird. you know, make the, the sobbing horrible cries, but without any tears, make all the noise of her. It's Sandy Hook action. Yeah, and then, and then slide you a nice little wry smile at the end of it all, yeah. just to, to rub it in your face. This is Duper's Delight, and, and this could easily explain away, if someone's looking at this saying, but if you did have this plan to release this this antigen that would that would sterilize the world or, or wipe out X amount of people if you did have this plan to have this as some sort of new concentration camp some sort of uh, base of operations for a new world order agenda why would you then have all this artwork pointing towards that and alluding towards that well Duper's Delight would tell you that you'd have to that you couldn't do all of that and spend all that time and keep it also secret and covert without having some giddy thrill involved in the open for yourself to well, keep yourself going. I think if there was a plan that was that insidious and that widely involved, like like that the whole world would have to be involved in that kind of thing, it'd have to be mm-hmm. a, a, a multinational coordinated event to be able to release that pathogen without some country being able to find the cure for it and be able to, 
you know, snip it off at the balls and not let it like fester and kill off the millions of people that it was supposed to do and it wouldn't have its full effect. Mm-hmm. Like, that's assuming you don't have the third level education, science, and medical community all wrapped up in your pocket. Yeah. These people, if, if that's the plan, they know exactly what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, why would you let people know if you're at, operating at that level? Mm-hmm. I don't think that that. Why would you let anything out? Yeah, that personal human foible or that fault it wouldn't come out I don't think I don't think it would come out that hard like as 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 in a worldwide conspiracy now that all eyes all conspiracy eyes are on Denver International yeah. Airport now think if, what the fuck is going on there like I was listening to some uh, YouTube videos and podcasts and stuff about Denver and people were saying like yeah you want to watch now uh, when there's a big like conglomerate of people that are going to come there, a big group of like famous people are going to be at the same time. They're all going to be in Denver and they're going to be putting them into the caves underneath. And then they're going to release this thing. And they're going to fo- like, so there's a load of like survivalists that are watching Denver to wait for a whole load of, you know, high, high yeah. value personnel to, to land in Denver yeah. or, or watch and see like Denver is closed for a week, but there's still stuff going in and out. There's still traffic going in and out of there. That's the week that they're going to release the virus or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's been or the people watching for a, a nearby comet flash yeah. who are saying that at, at that period of time, Obama's going to be in Denver. Yeah, so he's going to be able to bang in. Like, Queen Elizabeth has bought land. Yeah, supposedly Queen right Elizabeth, the under the pseudonym, has bought land around the Denver International So when the shit goes down, Lizzie's going to be in that bunker with the rest of them. Yeah. But also with legal deeds to that land. Yeah, go on, like, get off... Glomming in. Yeah, get off my land. Like, there's a whole lot of stuff uh, about Denver, the underground base, being a concentration camp. Mm -hmm. That there's fences all around the grounds of Denver that have the barbed wire facing inwards because it's like, oh, we don't want anyone to get out. Do you think if someone's out there running... From the middle of this 53 square miles, you're running like 25 miles yeah. to get to the fence that a little bit of barbed wire is going to stop them. From trying to get away from whatever they're running away. from. Come on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's those kind of little touches that people are like, yeah, that's what this is. They have, they say they have underground caves with shower heads and sprinkler systems inside of it. And they're going to like put millions of people into these giant... Like, like Nazi concentration camp in, gas yeah, chamber kind inexplicably of large caverns and then they're going to infect them with an antigen that will only kill 15% of them hmm. that's fucking a bit ridiculous so 85% come out of the, the gas showers really pissed off yeah and just wet, like wet and, and annoyed yeah. and they're all like a couple of lads died in there I don't know like you'd have more people die from the crush of having 100, 100 million people in a giant cavern Trying to get them in and trying to get them out. I mean, yeah. look at Black Friday. You yeah, know, exactly. In any Walmart, there's like 200 people at the door. But within the first four people that get in, somebody's falling over like an idiot. Yeah, and he's going to get smushed. Yeah. But there's talk of a 360,000 square foot bunker underneath the deeper levels of the Denver International Airport. And this talk comes from a possibly reliable, possibly not source. A man that we know uh, well, and we've, we've talked about before on the podcast, is Phil Schneider. Yeah, good old Phil Schneider. Yeah. The the man behind Duns really the man who brought it blew into the, the forefront yeah blew the whistle on uh, the idea of, of there being deep underground military bases or deep underwater military bases all over the world and he was subsequently killed for his 
and suppose and his for confessions. his confessions and for his his part in a, a firefight with the aliens in in Dulce, New Mexico. Yeah, uh, where he lost some fingers and and other and got some pretty gnarly scares and a great story. Yeah, whether and, whether it was true or not, and it's we this, don't know. Yeah, it's hard his, to know. his allegiance with the notorious ALB. Uh, yeah, Al Bielik. This is Al Bielik. again. If 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 you're an avid listener, you'll know Al Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment. He's the man that's to a, to a high percentage, to a majority percentage behind all the conspiracy tales behind the Philadelphia Experiment. And uh, we, in researching Al, came to the conclusion that he might be insane and an incredibly exciting and entertaining uh, insane person, but an insane person. Insane. Yeah, Al Bielik is ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. That is sort of that what is he is. Yeah, what he's he is. a bit of a liar, and he's the one who picked the phone to Phil Schneider. Who were personally me, personally, I'm still on the fence a little bit. Yeah, I think that Al has taken taken Philly for a ride and yeah. got him on this like conference circuit uh, to make a few bob off him and to legitimise his lies, perchance, mm. perhaps. But Phil seemed to have a little more truth about him. If only for the fact that he said he had three fingers blown off by an alien and he was missing three, or he was missing three fingers yeah. off one of his hands. Uh, and also had a very, very suspicious death. Um, but very. It was, yeah. Like, but, who slashes their wrists that many times and doesn't, you know. Yeah, so it was... When he was yeah, or choked to death as well by a... By, by rubber some, tubing. Rubber tubing, you know. Yeah, like, he used one of his catheters to choke himself how to did death. He, how did he... Do that with no fingers? <laughs> the manual dexterity to choke yourself to death. Yeah. And then Plus, cut your own wrist. The physical so. fortitude to do it, yeah. yeah. But uh, it was it was apparently Al Bielik who, if you remember his story, he had travelled into the future and there in the future uh, had been uh, on a train system that in, in the future... He, got a, he went to the future and then got a job. Yeah. As, as, any, good, as any good, you know, industrial uh, industrialised American would. He got a job as a tour guide. Mm-hmm. In the year twenty five thirty seven, something like that. I believe it was, like, it was like five hundred years in yeah twenty five five hundred years in the future. Anyway. I don't think it was then though. No, it was when he came back and he was still working with Doctor von Neuen. Yeah, in uh, Montauk is where he had these time trains, and he says that he worked uh, for the U.S. government and lived as as Al Bielik like, as a normal person at the same time, and anyone who knew him at that time and saw him about. Uh, might not have known because he was going he was working for the government because he was going on these time trains that would go back in time and then he'd go off and do eight hours work and the train would deliver him back to where he was standing a second before he'd actually yeah, left the moment kind of he'd get a day's work done in a second yeah yeah, and that's why no one ever knew he had this secret life doing all this work for the government because it was all in zero time that didn't exist yeah. and he says that one of these trains that he took these time trains and went through underground tunnels that could get up to incredible high speed I'm guessing 88 miles per hour it wasn't needed for time travel <laughs> yeah uh, that it, one of these trains went underneath the Denver International Airport these tunnels that traversed the whole United States oh, all the United States he says these magnetic trains yeah one of, one of the uh, the thoroughfares was Denver International Airport so he got on the phone to his good friend Phil Schneider and told him that he should start investigating the Denver International Airport for underground military base and if any man was to know it would be Phil Schneider the man with the expertise to know like he was an engineer and an explosives expert yeah an expert and an inventor of the deflagration method of of melting rock yeah it creates smooth tunnel walls immediately well it was Phil and his ingenuity that managed to find Stuart Webb which who was a an excavation professional and someone who had worked uh, in the Denver International Airport in the excavating and in the, the building of the underground bunkers and he supposedly got Phil in for uh, 
a, a video expose, which yeah. again we'll have a link to on the website, you'll be able to see online, which is just kind of a grainy video of what looks like, uh, I don't know, an underground. They, they, there's a video on YouTube of Phil Schneider describing what's like, what's there, and it looks it looks ropey. Like, yeah, I mean it's not exactly highly detailed around, but I mean it looks like a hidden camera kind of yeah, shuffled around some, some believe, dark hallways. If you believe Phil Schneider's credentials or whatever. You know, it could very easily be hoaxed. Mm. And it was Stuart Webb, uh, Phil Schneider's inside man at the Denver International Airport, is the one who said there were, he, he was privy to five large multi-story buildings that were built in kind of a star configuration just south of Jefferson Hall, the, the, the main These are the ones that were built and then told, oh These yeah, ones. that was a mistake. We yeah, have built they're built in the wrong position. Covered them in. Yeah, bury them, cover them over with soil and then begin building on top of them again. Yeah, that's um, something that you, you, you know, if you wanted to hide five big buildings that you'd paid for, You'd hire one crew in to build them, fire that crew, hire another crew in to cover them, fire mm-hmm. that crew, and then hire another crew in to build on top of them. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where the four point eight billion came up because they were hiring and firing, firing and like firing. Yeah. Mm. But this is this is kind of what gives rise to the the main uh, leg of this this conspiracy theory, which is that there's this massive underground base underneath the, the airport. Surely all these builders and all these like uh, you know engineers. Do they not talk to each other? Do they not communicate with each other at all? Like with with Denver International Airport being such a worldwide conspiracy, do these engineers and workers not have any means of communication with one another? Apparently not. I mean, I myself came across some earth-moving forums. Yeah, uh, these are forums where uh, avid aficionados of of the materials, of the techniques, of the sort of technology that you'd use to move huge amounts of earth and the projects, uh, the famous project around the world, such as the, the Palms in, in Dubai, where yeah. of famous earth-moving projects. Uh, like JCB it, porn. JCB porn, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and these guys these guys speak about the Denver airport in, in hushed reverence. They, they speak about one of the greatest American projects of earth-moving and some incredible amounts of, of machinery and money and manpower that was... That was released upon this this fifty three square mile campus in Denver. So it's it's unprecedentedly large. It's it's. I hope we haven't underplayed quite how big this airport is and quite how strange the the building of this airport is and and the size and and the capability of the airport versus actually how much use it it, it gets. Yeah, sixth most used doesn't seem like it warrants that much. The number one largest. Like, there's yeah. some suspicious activity, like some suspicious physical evidence, though, Paul, like that would say that there's something going on under the ground, mm-hmm. like not just an unused, not just seven levels, and the seven levels being yeah. just a completely unused baggage system, yeah. and the seven levels written off, and then they're working off the bottom six levels. It, it's what I would imagine, like the the um, the secret layer of you know a James Bond villain or some like Doctor Evil's, you know underground bunker like massive mm-hmm. like a Cheyenne Mountain kind of NORAD yeah, kind of NORAD or like so, yeah something from or, like or the Matrix you know, banks. The, the, the Matrix had that underground city like and this, that's what I would imagine is under there if it is going to be you know something what like was that. that underground city called the Matrix uh, Zion oh I'm an anti-Zionist oh my god of Matrix <laughs> of, yeah. movies, of the Wachowski brother and sisters brother oh my god yeah, can't say okay. you can't say anything these days. So the physical evidence that mm. that there's something going on under there, mm-hmm. it comes in drips and drabs. There's not a whole lot of it. One particular uh, 
set of incidents where in 2007 14 aircraft complained of having their windscreens smashed yeah due to an apparent like electromagnetic pulse coming from underground mm. so there's doing some this tests maybe like a like a, a magnetism like deep earth magnetism tests maybe it was like some kind of weapons testing maybe a it fields was, generator yeah maybe it was a, a an inexhaustible energy source uh you know, could have been a UFO test. landing. Could have been, could have been that, could have been that. Could have been physical evidence of electromagnetic yeah. pulse. But what we do know is ultra low frequencies. It was, it was anomalous for that many windshields and, and windows in, in planes to be broken. Yeah, that it happens. Planes at, at high speed in flight can be hit by by birds, by debris, by Saint Elmo's fire. It can have yeah. cracked windshields. That is possible. Sitting on the runway in, in and sitting on the tarmac in in one area at Denver Airport, and in one day for fourteen airplanes to to have their windows broken. That's a, yeah, it's unprecedented. Isn't it? uh, and, and Denver Airport themselves said they believed it was uh, incredible changes in temperature, going from hot to cold immediately. Which it, I don't know if uh, if anyone from Colorado from the Denver area wants to uh, email us and let us know. Do you have incredibly fast changes in temperature where it goes from hot to cold in in a few minutes notice. Do you find that you have all the food in your fridge when you open it that's already cooked? Mm-hmm. Like it saves time at dinner, it's handy. Yeah. But it's not really good for you if you're getting microwaved in your bed. Mm-hmm. But then you go back five minutes later and the food's frozen again. Yeah, that's pretty odd. Yeah. But I mean, that, that's not, they're saying that's there's not huge weather changes. Broke. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, that's the universe. They're saying there's huge weather changes. They're saying there's uh, high winds, grit and dirt in the, in the, the flat plain area that's built on cause these breakages but 14 yeah the FAA the NTSB the I presume they went all, airlines, like, all the different airlines that, that they went up pointing the same way to get the same bit of grit hit at the same point yeah and get yeah. hit by the same gust of wind at the same time you know? yeah it seemed it was great like the airlines only had one of their planes have their windows smashed but they they halted all flights mm. for the day because they weren't sure what was going on this this was a, a quite a strange anomalous event it where uh, it was reported in lots of mainstream media yeah and then maybe taken off the internet then because yeah. they didn't want anybody to it was Phil Schneider who, who also introduced the idea that there was a electromagnetic low frequency wave that he said he was picking up well before this incident with the the plane windshields happens that he was picking up electromagnetic waves coming out from underneath the airport and that he believes it was those that caused what was he putting it down to like weapons testing or like energy source testing he doesn't I'm not sure yeah it's really weird not to know, like, mm. you know, to have something like that happen and then not have any answers. Yeah. And I know the American government have their prerogative to be, you know, secretive and, you know, secure with their testing, be it weapons, be it energy, be it, I don't know, some new, like, t- you know, transport and power energy or some energy. New, uh... yeah, yeah, let them have their security or whatever. They don't mm. answer questions. For fuck's sake, give us something. Give yeah. people something. Like, everyone's freaking out about this, and then you have some <laughs> airport, you know, uh, uh, CEO of the, the company that runs the airport or whatever is putting up these fucking weird murals and statues and, mm-hmm. uh, like, horse anuses and stuff. Like... And when asked about you're putting, the... You're putting petrol on the fire, lads. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you you're, want not, you're not helping alone, the situation. You're not really helping. Yeah. You're not really helping. And some of the weirder conspiracy theorists, like... David Icke, who I, I don't really hold much stock in, David no. Icke. Like, he's a bit mental. And, you know, 
I'm not going to talk trash about David Icke, but like I, I think, will. I'll talk a lot of trash yeah, about David Icke. Like, I, I just think he's full of shite. Anyway, yeah. he he's. I think he's really condescendingly full of shite. Yeah, which is the worst way to be full of shite. It's to talk shit and be condescending about but it. But condescending to the wrong people. Like he, mm-hmm. like I watched a video of him condescending to a load of scholars in Oxford University, explaining about like basic principles of economics and stuff, and you're like. Dude, you're not talking to a bunch of fucking stoner students now. Yeah. Like you're talking to the creme. Like, mm. just it's just weird the way the, the stuff that he comes up with, and he's mad about these reptilians. So he's all about like, uh, there's a race of reptilian aliens that are using mm. children as slaves in these underground caverns, and they're waiting for the U.S. government-sponsored rapture with this pathogen that's going to kill everybody, and they're going to take down. Uh, the 1% of the elite and they're going to house them in these caverns and use these children as slaves and I just think like that he's it's sensationalist and it's really not fair to be like throwing out all these crazy theories unfounded crazy theories Mm. like he's claiming that the queen is buying land in Denver because she's a reptilian and he's all mad about the queen and mad about the bushes and all like (laughs) you can put anything on this on this conspiracy theory yeah. Denver's a weird one yeah. Denver's odd this is a really like, odd it's one it's, it's odd, a big it's a, it's a it, as we said like the artwork in it it's interpretable any way you want it to be yeah, absolutely so I think it's that time is it? it's that time to get off it pass. is that time let's get off that mouth let's do it let's tell you what I think you've probably summarised by yourself <laughs> if you've been paying attention uh, Paul yeah off the fence let's hear you off the fence uh, is it a weird airport yeah I've been to a lot of airports so I've never been to Denver, but I've seen the pictures, and it's the weirdest airport I've ever seen. Um, can that all be explained away by one person's weird artistic direction and the different artists that they hired to provide the artwork and the design for the airport? Yeah. If you get one creepy person who wants to pay homage to the general area and the history of the area, but then also take a slanted look on the, on the world as it is now, that would explain why you have such weird artwork. All over the place. Yeah. Um. Could there be uh, an underground base? Phil Schneider says yes. Uh, and I do love Phil Schneider. Who doesn't? Who couldn't Who couldn't love that man? Um, is he correct about there being, or was he correct about there being an underground base? Uh, who knows? That's a tricky one to answer. I do believe that there are, under, uh, I, I believe wholeheartedly there are underground military bases all over the world. Yeah. Um, the idea that there could be one in the Denver International Airport with the amount of earth that was moved, the amount of, of money that was spent on it, because it didn't go over ground. It's a, it's a bunch of teepees on poles. Yeah. Um, Where did it all go? Possibly into an underground military base. Mm-hmm. That one I'm not so sure about. I'm not prepared to say yes or no either way on that one. Yeah. If I if I had with a gun to my head, if someone said put it all on the line, is there a deep underground military base under Denver International Airport that will be the staging ground for the new world order? No, I don't think it is. You don't think so? No, I don't. Think so. Do you think that there's a deep underground military base there? Possibly, I think. But to to for what purpose? You, yeah, for what purpose? I have no idea. For, I think it's strange that there was that much money spent and that much amount of work went into it. But again, could I believe that a government body just blew a shit ton of money and did a job really sloppily and had to keep doing it over and over again? Yeah, I live in the real world. I've seen that happen every day. <laughs> so there's fully, fully there is off no, the fence. Then there is no well-made road in Ireland, but yeah. they all cost a shit ton of money. They do. Digging them up and filling them in again. Mm-hmm. So let's get an off the fence definitive right now. Then mm-hmm. let's say, uh, get off the fence about Denver International Airport with regard to there being something lascivious going on, something sinister and 
perhaps having the New World Order involved off the fence, yes or no? No. No. My only big problem with Denver International Airport is that I think the artwork's shit in the most part. <laughs> It's not good enough. Like it's not that I find it offensive or I find it strange. Uh, I think it's just crappy artwork. I think the murals are crappy. I think the guy can't do hands. He can't even do faces that well. Uh, I think the horse doesn't look like a horse. I'm not glad it killed you. I just think you could have spent your time doing something else. You'd still be alive now. Yeah. Um, I like the shape of the airport. I like the the inlaid gold uh, engravings and stuff. Yeah, it's it's they're nice. Nice touch. The floor plan's nice. Uh, Does it need to be that big? No, no airport should be too massive. I think that makes it feel really clinical. Any large airport you're in always feels kind of clinical and makes you feel small. disconnected. Yeah, it makes mm. you feel small and disconnected from the world. And that's not what an airport is. Airport's supposed to make you feel connected with the world. Yeah. So. No, no chance. Okay. So, Gordon? I have made my feelings clear, I think, through this whole podcast. Mm. But I definitely think something weird is going on at Denver International Airport. There is something weird going on, but the weird thing is most probably... A lot of you know inference on bad art and misinterpreted floor markings and the incredulous nature of people mm. that they can't believe that someone would make a four point eight billion dollar mistake that they couldn't believe that a bunch of Freemason businessmen in like a pretty unindustrialized part of America. I mean, you're not talking about like Southern California. You're not talking about, you know, Aspen. Yeah. You're not talking about New York York City. You're not talking about like Chicago. Like Denver's pretty big, right? But it's not like super metropolis big. Um, So for a bunch of guys to come together, like we all know about the the property bubble and what those, what those guys can do. Mm -hmm. Do you know that they can, (laughs) charge like triple quadruple what's yeah. supposed to be charged the markups and the margins the markups the margins stuff on stock like this thing is worth this much and this work is worth this much and I think that 1.7 was padded out to 4.8 to yeah. possibly fill a load of people's pockets 10 grand on a screwdriver and they allowed the conspiracy theory to balloon into what it's become which mm-hmm. is like a an anti new world order propaganda machine that's basically saying we know something's going to happen. We can feel that human beings are a blight on the planet and we're afraid that someone's going to pull a plug and exterminate us. And it's coming from a lot of people that probably have some low self-worth or that have some, you know... Some bouts of paranoia. Yeah, bouts of paranoia and bouts of, like, questioning their own reality and their importance. Not saying that all conspiracy theorists are... No, some of us are balanced. Are, are crazy. Yeah, some of us are balanced. Yeah. But some people are maybe looking at the wrong, looking in the wrong direction for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And I know I was that person for a long time looking at the numerology of George W. Bush's name that means like 666 and stuff <laughs> like that. Like these really tenuous and far-reaching like stretches to, to make something fit, like to jam that square peg into that round hole just to be right. Like, yeah. That they couldn't just realize that it was a bunch of businessmen that were lying in their own pockets. Now, in saying that, a lot of earth moved. But mm-hmm. it could just be digging up holes and filling them in again for money. And charging way too much for it. Yeah. 
uh, the guy who owns those massive earth-moving machines that you were telling us about earlier on that they did ne- they'd never seen seven of these things used mm. ever. The, the biggest was ever three. Yeah. And this thing had seven, which is like never, like world record-breaking shit. Like, um, the guy who owned that company probably got paid a shitload of money. Uh-huh. And he was probably one of the guys who was in on the building of it going, yeah, well, let's fucking dig up all that, put nothing in it, and then fill in the hole. Mm. Do you know? Like, So what we're saying, Denver is a big money pit, really. Yeah. That's all it's really there. It's a giant yeah. money pit. Classic. It's building dig- money dig- down dig- the it, yeah. yeah. Like, it could be the fact that there are, you know, underground military bases. There definitely are underground military bases in some sites. I don't know if Denver is one of them. Would they put these murals, would they put this massive uh, campaign of anti-propaganda, like these huge attention-grabbing symbols that are really on the nose for a new world order yeah. extermination plan, yeah. would they put that on top of a military base where that is the purpose of that military base? Mm. Like, it's like, <laughs> do you know... Uh, uh, setting off fireworks you know and going look over here this is what we're doing yeah. like I don't think Jupiter's Delight goes that far and especially not at that level of operation like this but then some people say over. the best place to hide something is right in plain sight yeah maybe maybe so but I personally I hope but hiding know, in plain sight poking wrong. someone in the eye is a different thing yeah that's yeah. it's you know yeah this is not so I'm not too worried you'll be subtle. proved wrong and when you look at the pictures on the website people it's not fucking very subtle. Like, this mm. is really balls out in your hand, jiggling around. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? Smell the palm of your hand later, Smell but don't, don't let anyone see you do Yeah, it. just like fingers to the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fucking that's what conspiracy that theories. Like, I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I'm off the fence on the side of, no, I don't think there's a massive conspiracy here, only for the fact that maybe a few businessmen made shitload of money in the time when shitloads of money was to be made in construction and they've allowed this conspiracy theory to grow up around this airport because it's entertaining for people to speculate on it's you know entertaining for people to imagine what could be there and while they're all the time looking at this conspiracy theory about reptilians and new world order and the extermination of the human race they're not looking at the very real conspiracy, not conspiracy theory, but the very real conspiracy of the housing bubble, property fraud, banking bailouts, banking bailouts and the, the movement of money and a, and a, and a fiat currency, yeah. like that, that there's corruption on a very real level. And these guys were committing that corruption and it was obfuscated by you know, extraterrestrials and new world order and ineffable beings and, you know, this kind of shit. That's, that's what I think about Denver anyway. Mm. So. A fair consensus yeah, there, I think. I think. Uh, not so online. Again, you look online, the consensus swings wildly in the direction, but. I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that I'm definitely right or definitely wrong. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. The people who feel that it is new world order. I, I'm not saying that those guys are dickheads or assholes or they're totally wrong. I'm just saying, <laughs> Question your sources. Yeah. Logic is not something that conspiracy theorists are really into, you know. But, you know, sources are, are really important. And to be able to infer information and state it as absolute fact from art is a, is a fool's game. Mm-hmm. So that's it for this week and those conspiracy yeah. guys. I think we've covered it as, as best we could. Yeah, that's a really in-depth 
Denver yeah. International Airport yeah. analysis there, people. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. That should be everything you need to know to make your own mind up. But as always, there'll be lots in, on the website to to fill you out visually on, on what you've missed here. Absolutely. So thanks for listening. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll see you again. Thanks for caring. Soon. Thanks for anyone that's demanding more of us. Yeah. Here it is. We've, we've got a lot of... Uh, a lot of really heartwarming support from from Facebook people and Twitter people, and we really appreciate that. So thanks a million. No conspiracy there. No, absolutely no. not. Conspiracy of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> so, until uh, next time. Absolutely. Mind. Stay pretty, stay young, and uh, stay loose. Just in case <laughs> it turns out we are going to be rounded up and brought to the Denver International Airport. Yeah, we only want the best ones. Yeah. The good looking ones. Grab yeah. them in the dark. So I'm Gordon. I'm Paul. And you've been listening to those conspiracy guys. Bye. Bye.